It just makes me think, are we accepting momentary suspension of the domestic load as fun? Welcome to today's podcast episode. It's a solo one and I'm just having a chat with you about something that has been on my mind and I have recently spoken about this over on Instagram stories and the reason I wanted to record a whole podcast episode on this topic is because the response that I had to discussing this was incredibly overwhelming and I say that with my hand on my heart because right now it's actually quite difficult to get engagement I'm finding on social media. It's a bit of a beast. Maybe I'm just not good at it, all of those sorts of things. But when I spoke about this topic, I received hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of responses from women and most of the responses were of a very similar nature. And so I did have a different episode planned to go live today, but I really felt pulled to just sit down and talk a little bit about this, especially given that this episode is going live on a Friday if you're listening in real time. But if you're not listening in real time, it's still super relative, I'm sure. And so what I want to chat with you about or just, I guess, present to you and put in front of you and say, here, what do you think about this? What does this bring up for you? is the idea of what is fun for us as adult women. What is it that makes us feel like we are playing in life and we feel lit up and happy? Why is it that so many of us don't even know? Actually, it's not even a question of why, because I think that truthfully, I know the answer as to why this happens and we'll get into it. But what is it that happens to us when we have that moment of realizing we don't actually know what brings us enjoyment anymore. And I mentioned the why. And to me, the why this happens is because we are so depleted. And I have to acknowledge up top that it is a very privileged conversation to have. It's a privileged problem to feel like you don't get to prioritize fun and happiness. Because as we know, there are people out there that this would just be so extremely frivolous too. And I acknowledge that, right? I think that if we are in a position where we don't know what fun or pleasure or brings us happiness, like if that's our biggest concern today, we have to acknowledge that we are innately privileged. And at the same time, It can also be a real drainer and a real problem for a lot of people because it takes away from you. And I think the why, like why we get to this depleted place is because when we have a family to look after, and I know some people listening may be single and living alone, but I'm sure you can still connect to this topic, particularly if you're in a workplace that you feel like is always taking from you or even your friendship circle. But I do know that predominantly a lot of listeners have children, primary school age children, have families. And lately I have found myself turning to Brendan and saying, I feel like there's a bucket of self-care or a bucket of happiness or just a bucket for myself, but everything in life 
is drilling these little holes in my bucket and I can't replenish this bucket fast enough. And I know it's a bit of a cheesy analogy. Every single one of us has heard that analogy about you can't pour from an empty cup and all of that stuff. And the bucket analogy is cheesy too. But that's how I have been able to, I guess, describe it to other people in my life. It's like the little fires that I have to put out in every area of life right now just feel like I am continually having holes drilled into the bottom of my bucket and, you know, I'll get a bit of blue tack and I'll put it over one hole, but the blue tack doesn't hold for long. And in this instance, the blue tack might be my daily workout where I feel like, oh, I get a bit of a reprieve and I get a good burst of endorphins, but then you come inside and there's something else that you have to deal with or manage. And it's just exhausting. And I know I talk so much about the mental load here, but the mental load of domesticity and motherhood weighs heavily. And it's like having so many uh, cracks and holes put in this bucket that you just can't replenish the stores no matter what you do. Just quickly, a word from today's sponsors. Unless, of course, you're one of our Venti members. In that case, there are no ads and your episode is about to keep playing. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Not too long ago, I listened to a podcast episode, it's a Mamma Mia episode, and one of the guests was speaking about this concept of camel mode and explaining that they kind of coined this term camel mode, uh, and I will find the episode for you and pop it in the show notes because I'm sure a lot of you would like to listen to it. But basically, and some of you likely have already listened to it, but basically, you know, without butchering it too much, this idea of camel mode is that As a woman, particularly with young children, you do take a big sip of water like a camel, you know, and you just get across the desert and you carry everything for everyone else and you don't need anything. So often we just become needless. And it's not actually that we don't have needs because they still exist and we feel that exhaustion. It weighs heavy on us because we get to a point where we're like, oh my gosh, I'm going to snap because none of my needs are being met. But there's this disconnect of not even understanding or not even knowing what is going to plug those holes in our bucket truly. What is going to fill up our bucket? What's going to make us feel full and good and whole and seen? There have been countless weekends where we get to Saturday morning or even in the lead up to a weekend and Brendan will say to me, we haven't really done anything that you want to do in a while. What do you want to do this weekend? And I draw a blank. And I'm embarrassed to say that I draw a blank, that I go, oh, well, I don't know. I don't know what I want to do. I don't know what I like. I don't know what's going to feel good. And I find myself coming up with excuses that almost feel like a pity party or martyrdom because I make excuses as to why we can't do anything that I want to do. 
And some of the excuses are incredibly valid. You know, I have wanted to go and see the ballet for a long time and take the boys along, even though I know that they likely will not get as much out of it as I would. It's something I would enjoy. But when I look at tickets, I'm like, I can't justify spending nearly $300 on a two-hour experience. Like, we just can't afford it at the moment. And so there are barriers to things that I enjoy that exist. But a lot of the time, I'm creating these barriers as well. I'm in not, I don't want to say inventing, but I am bringing to the surface things that are going to be difficult as a way to minimize doing anything for myself. But I think if I'm very honest with myself, and you guys know, uh, one of my traits is that I do like to pull at the threads and figure out what's going on for myself below the surface and why I am the way I am. That's why this podcast is called I Am. But when I do that, when I start to pull at those threads and go, why am I doing this? There's a sad part of me that goes, well, I don't know. Like I don't actually know what I enjoy sometimes outside of motherhood and outside of the domestic load. Not that I enjoy the domestic load uh, (laughs) at all, but my brain is so occupied and I'm often living in the future. I am often thinking about the six next steps that need to happen to ensure that tomorrow goes smoothly or that everything is in place for one of the boys or whatever it is. And especially now, you know, we've got a new business as well. We've got the tattoo studio and that adds another layer of load. And I'm doing things that I've not even been asked to do, but I step up and I'm like, that's, I'm going to do that. You know, I take on this responsibility and there's just this part of me that feels sad that I don't have the space or I'm not creating the space to make myself important enough to figure out what it is that I enjoy and what it is that I want to do as this version of myself. And that's the thing. We are always changing. And when I use the terminology version of myself, I can't help but think back to, you know, the younger version of me. And I knew what fun was for me. And I think a lot of people, a lot of women especially, will be able to relate to this experience of you leave high school, you enter the workforce, and fun is going out with your friends. It's going out dancing, it's drinking, it's big weekends, it's fun. And then as you perhaps transition into another stage of your life, as so many of us do, And it's like fun changes and it becomes less important. It becomes less accessible, whether that's because you have dependence and it's just one of those things that falls down the totem pole or whether it's because your career blossoms and you don't have the space for fun and hobbies and all of those things. And I've said so many times here, when I talk about fun with males in my life, so often they will prattle off all of these hobbies that they have and all of these things that are fun for them. But when I ask women in my life, there seems to be this blurred gray area where fun for us often has just become basic self-care, like going and getting groceries on your own, getting a haircut, taking a bath, those things, catching up with friends. And it's like your social life of course, can bring you fun and joy. But if you're only catching up with friends once in a blue moon, it's not going to replenish that bucket. It just makes me think, are we accepting momentary suspension of the domestic load as fun? Are we as women going, you know what, 
Fun for me is when I just don't have to think for every single person under this roof. And that's not enough and that's not fair. And so as we get older, if more things, you know, ascend that totem pole of importance and fun and hobbies and play goes down the totem pole and we disconnect from it, It's hard to reconnect when it's been years or you don't even know what it means for you. When I mention the word fun, what comes up for you? And I want you to think of fun as being frivolous, losing track of time, laughing really hard, smiling involuntarily because you're just having fun. You're being in the moment. And I think that's something that a lot of us struggle with is being actually very present in the moment. What is happening right now? Because like I said, often we're trying to live in the future, 10 steps ahead and look after our future self. And that is important. You know, we can't just throw that completely to the wind. Well, I'll speak for myself. I can't throw that completely to the wind because I do value that consistency of looking after future self to an extent and streamlining because if I didn't, I feel like things would be a little bit too chaotic and then I'd be on this podcast episode complaining about that. And I certainly don't want to come across like I'm complaining about this experience, but I want to share it with you because Based off the feedback I had on Instagram, so many of you are in the same boat. You're getting to the weekend as well, and you're so used to just deferring to what everyone else wants to do that you don't know what you want to do, even if they were to ask. And a lot of that is because of this idea of camel mode of like, you know what, I am needless. Don't worry about me. I've got it covered. I don't need a thing. I am just head down, bum up, moving forward compartmentalizing, making sure everyone else is okay. And of course, there is nobility in that. That can be a noble thing to do and a ne- like a necessary thing to do at times. When you have young kids, you do just have to put your head down, move forward and keep going. But what happens when you get that chance? You know, and one of my sons was listening to the Camel Mode episode just because he was in the car with me while it was playing. And he said to me, mom, you're in Camel Mode. And then again, a few days later, when I was kind of venting about feeling this exact thing to Brendan and the kids were close by and one of the boys said, it's that camel mode thing, mum. What can we do to lighten the load? And honestly, my first instinct was to say nothing. Oh, there's nothing you can do. I have to do it all. And I feel like that's kind of the definition of being a martyr, of sacrificing yourself and thinking that it's this you know, wonderful thing to do, but really you're just burning yourself out. And in that instance, when I had the reaction to say, oh, there's nothing you can do, it made me very aware that I am modeling for the boys at all times, modeling what they can expect, but also what they can expect from other women in their lives or partners in their lives. And I don't want that to be their normal. I want them to know that the women in their lives have a right to have fun, to play, to experience life, to fill up their own bucket and to know what they enjoy. And so, you know, when I think about this topic, there are a handful of women that I see on social media and I think, wow, they seem to be having a really fun life. Like they've got this dialed in. But then when I go a bit deeper, I'm like, well, it's because they're often out and about drinking and dancing. And 
I love that for them. And don't get me wrong, I actually think a girl's night out would do me really well right now. I think that having a few drinks and going out with friends would probably be something that really does replenish my stores. But also, what is there beyond that for us as women? And that's not to say, oh, that's not good enough, but it just probably can't happen frequently enough. And connections with other women certainly does fill the bucket, but also just this whole like realization of, I don't really know what is actually a lot of fun for me. And when I reflect on the times of fun with the whole family unit, mostly it's when we're out of our comfort zone. It's when we're doing something different, when we're in a new city, when we're experiencing something that is frivolous. When I think of fun for me personally, and then fun as a family unit, and I guess those are two different concepts, right? But fun as a family unit is on my mind because I'm talking about weekends as well. It is when we are playing and being silly. I know that when the four of us are in a new city and we're hiring those electric scooters and we're doubling the boys, and I don't think you're actually meant to do that, but I've just added myself there. Um, but that's fun because it feels like a sense of freedom and you're engaging in in an activity for no purpose other than just enjoyment. And so that is something that I'm thinking a lot about. And I have spoken about play with the family unit and play with your children in regards to the Venn diagram of play. Where does your version of play cross over with your child's version of play? And do you need to kind of update that? As our kids get older, we do kind of need to do a bit of an audit on what are the things that we enjoy doing the most with them and how often are we doing them and how can we facilitate more access to those things as well. And I certainly don't want to add more things to your to-do list. I don't want anyone listening to this going, well, now I feel guilty that I don't actually know what makes me happy or what is fun for me or what is my version of play because we don't need any more things to feel bad about. And sometimes you do just find yourself going, you know what, for this stage of life, this season of life, it's actually not about that for me. And I acknowledge that life is long and I'm going to circle back to those things at some point. But maybe like me, you are 10 years into parenting, 12 years, 14, 20 years, however far into parenting, and you've realized, huh, I actually do have time and space for fun and for play, but I don't know what it is. That's kind of where I'm at. I wouldn't say that I've got a lot of space for it, but I certainly have a partner who asks me these questions. What is it that you want to do this weekend? And me drawing a blank scares me a little bit because I do consider myself to be someone who is quite self-aware, but I'm a lot more self-aware in areas of personal growth and development and understanding certain threads about myself. I just think I haven't valued lightness and being frivolous in a way that I see other people do it. And I'm envious, you know, and I think that whenever we experience a wave of envy, and I certainly don't mean in a bitter way, but I'll see people who I think, oh my gosh, they're just having the best time out there. What is the secret sauce to that? What is the recipe to that? And often it is just that they are engaging in things for the sake of having fun. And I don't do that nearly enough for myself. And 
there are always things that I can find myself busy with. There is no shortage of tasks to do and the tasks are never going to end. I remember years ago, I heard this somewhere or read this somewhere, just this quote about how the wise man, I'm going to change it. The wise woman realizes the workday is never done. There is no end there, there. Like there's just no finish line. There's always going to be something to do. So we have to figure out a way to create these moments for ourselves. And when we do create these moments for ourselves, we actually have to have the intel on what it is that's going to fill that bucket up, not just what is it that's going to put a little bit of blue tack, a little bit of a patchwork job over the things that are depleting us because those depleting things are going to keep happening. It's not like a one and done thing. You don't get your child to a certain age and it's like, oh, well, there we go, because there's always going to be something else. And maybe you don't have children. Maybe it's work, partners, your extended family, whatever it is. There's always stuff in life. Like There's always problems that take from us. But how do we make ourselves feel better if we don't know what it is that we need? Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. So I don't have the answers because I'm in this with you right now in real time. But I want to invite you to at least you know, meditate or think about these sorts of things. And I say meditate, what I mean by that is rather than filling every silence today, I want you to maybe turn the radio down in the car as you're driving to get your kids this afternoon, or if you normally listen to a podcast while you're cooking dinner, do it in silence and ask yourself some of these questions. What is fun for you as an individual? What's an activity that you can do that doesn't rely upon anyone else? Is it signing up to a Zumba dance class because you feel like an absolute silly goose but have the best time doing it? What is it that's that's happening for you that you can control? Is fun for you going to a comedy club? That is certainly something you can do on your own or you could do with your partner. What is fun and what is play with your partner? And don't forget sex. Like sex can absolutely be play time and fun with your partner as well as things outside the bedroom. I remember reading somewhere or again, perhaps hearing in a podcast, I can't recall exactly, but I remember this idea that Going on a first date where you are doing something fun, like going on a roller coaster, actually can accelerate the bond that you have with the person you're spending time with because of the release of different bodily responses. The release of different hormones can actually make you feel closer to that person. And so that has to work in your long-term relationship, right? Can you go and have fun? Do you both like literal roller coasters? You know, can you go to a theme park What is going to make you laugh with your partner? And then again, if you're in a family unit, where does that Venn diagram cross over right now where play feels like play for all of you? Because I can tell you right now, when my son says to us, let's do a Dungeons and Dragons campaign, that is an act of love. 
That is us actively paying an entry fee into his world to show him that we support him and we love him and we value his interests, but it is not play for anyone else in the family. Although Brendan does make it very funny and he does crack us all up. But our Venn diagram as a family, what could we put in there and how can we do more of that so all four of us actually feel really full, not just doing an act of service? not just being a martyr and going along with things. And I think it changes as your kids age. And even one of the responses that came through was about, you know, yes, I feel this and I blame winter. And it is so trivial to say that, but that straight away I was like, yes, same. I blame winter too. And like, again, how privileged to say that, but we live in the most beautiful little coastal town. It's a very sleepy little pocket. And one of the things that I think all four of us enjoy involves going to the beach, diving under waves, playing in the water, going to the creek, going to the pool, going to water parks. And in winter, we just don't do that. And so it's a big portion of our family play that we're not accessing. And just understanding that is helpful. It gives you insight. Well, it gives me insight and intel into going, oh, yes, of course, I'm feeling a bit like I don't matter as much because we're not really doing the things that I enjoy as a family. And so noticing, you know, maybe you do have a whole list of things that you and your family all love. Maybe every single person under your roof really enjoys a certain thing. You all go rock climbing and you all get so pumped on it and you love it and you do it every weekend. That's awesome. Maybe you have a long list of stuff that you all enjoy, but you're not actually booking it in. There are a million different ways that you might be experiencing this kind of depletion of not enjoying things as much as you would like to. There are so many replies from people saying things like, this sounds like you are speaking my mind. I have no idea what I want to do ever. So I want to encourage you to make an actual list, a physical list, pen to paper or on your phone, whatever it is, maybe share it with your partner if you're in a partnership, put it on the fridge, you can all add to it. You know, even when you're sitting down having a family dinner, why not talk about what you as individuals would all put on your list. It can be an incredibly enriching conversation. And what a wonderful thing to do for your kids to role model this healthy habit of actually checking in and going, hang on, you know, what percentage is my battery at right now? And what do I need to get it back to 80, 90, 100%, all of those sorts of things. And something else that I would encourage you to ask yourself, and I know we're speaking about fun and frivolous things and play and all of that stuff. But I would really ask you, when is it that you feel most at peace and what brings you a sense of peace? Just internally, when do you feel really contented? I think that's important to reflect on as well. And again, you can bring that question to your children, to your significant other, your extended family, your friends. What makes you feel most comfortable and most at peace? Now, I also received another direct message actually this morning from someone who was saying that she's really experiencing the whiplash and the experience of feeling like she just has so many things to manage. She said to me, you've mentioned in stories and on podcasts before about wearing all of the different hats, like work life, mum life, partner, etc., etc. 
And she was wondering if I've done a podcast to help transition between all of these different roles that we play, because this woman in particular has expressed that she's struggling to go from work life to home life and switch off her work brain. I hear you. I think every single person listening will hear you and understand exactly what you are talking about. You can end up just feeling so discombobulated from that whiplash of like, right, now I'm in mum mode. Right, now I'm in partner mode. Okay, now I'm meant to go to work and use my work brain. And then I also can never turn off my mum brain because the school notifications are popping off 24-7 and there are 4 million notifications to look at. And oh my gosh, did I return that text message from my friend and da-da-da-da-da. It just is never ending. And I, again, I don't have the magical answer, but something that I find myself repeating to myself is that when I know I'm transitioning from one mode to the next actively, I will say to myself, segment intending. And what that means is, right, I am intending now to go into a different segment of my day. And I first heard that phraseology from Abraham Hicks. And you may be familiar with Abraham Hicks and manifestation and the rants and all of that sort of stuff. But that idea of segment intending was really helpful for me just to just kind of pause for a second and go, oh, hang on, just notice. Like, just notice I am now driving to school pickup. School pickup. I'm going to actually be activating my mum brain right now. And I want to be present and check in with the boys. So even just that language of going, okay, segment intending, new part of my day. I think it was actually a guest on the podcast as well who shared a quote about being like having your mind wherever your hands are. So whatever your hands are doing, making sure that your mind is kind of present. So that mindfulness of going, okay, where actually am I? If you're getting spirally in your brain about a work thing, which we all do, but you're actually cooking dinner, it's like, hang on, hang on, I'm spiraling and I'm not there. So where am I? Okay, I'm here. And it's slowing down and bringing your attention to mindfulness, which again, activating all of our senses can be really helpful there as well. That can be a nice inroad to mindfulness. Activate your senses. What can I smell? What can I see? What can I hear? How do I feel? Even just feeling the weight of, say the weight, but noticing that your feet are on a solid floor, which again can sound so cheesy, but if you're sitting down just feeling the support of the chair underneath you, you know, that's something that people will often draw your attention to when you are meditating. It's just taking you out of that monkey mind and bringing you into your actual physical, uh, where you are, where you currently are can be helpful. I used to have a, reminder on my iPhone lock screen as well. And it was just a simple reminder. And it just said, how do I feel? What do I need? And perhaps I need to get that reminder back on my phone. Because how often do we pick up our phone looking for a bit of dopamine or validation or distraction, escapism? But if we just pause for a second and go, hang on, how do I feel? What do I need? It's just that gentle reminder that your needs matter as well and that you don't have to be needless, even though there are 20 million things that need your attention and are making bids for your attention. I get it. You still get to have needs. So anyway, 
I hope this episode has at least, I was going to say been helpful. I don't know if helpful is what it will be, but maybe validating. You know, maybe you're nodding along being like, yeah, camel mode. Yeah, I don't know what fun is for me. Yeah, my bucket is completely falling apart. But we all get the opportunity, I guess, to go, okay, I've got this intel in front of me and I can continue down the road where I ignore it and I get to the point where I snap or I can actually bring this discussion to my family. I can bring this forward and I can acknowledge it and I can make some little micro tweaks. So anyway, if you enjoyed this solo episode, it would truly mean a lot to me if you do take the time to jump on over to social media, leave a comment, slide into my DMs, leave a review on the podcast, all of those sorts of things, particularly if you enjoy the solo episodes, as I know I've been heavy with guest interviews recently. And someone did give me the feedback that I have been repeating myself in interviews with different stories. And I imagine, I think I know what story it is, but sometimes, and again, this is on me, but sometimes with podcast interviews, they are recorded months and months apart. And then I look at the schedule and I'll put them in without really thinking about, oh, did I share that anecdote in that episode? So I'm sorry if the last couple of episodes you've been like, yeah, yeah, bitch, you've said that. It's it's on me. But again, I can't do all of the things perfectly. Anyway, I just wanted to address that. I really do appreciate you choosing to listen to the podcast and I hope that you can replenish your bucket as well. Today's podcast episode was recorded on the land of the Bunjalung Nation. In the spirit of reconciliation, we acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respect to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quinn's is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.